Chapter 4 of Ascot Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Julie Yu. Ascot Stories by Mary H. Foster and Mabel H. Cummings. Friar's Necklace. Yes. I really must have some flowers to wear to the feast tonight, said Friar to her husband older. Friar was the goddess of love and beauty. She was the most beautiful of all the Asia. And everyone loved to look at her charming face and to hear her sweet voice. I think you look quite beautiful enough as you are without flowers, older replied. But Friar was not satisfied. She thought she would go and find her brother Fry, the god of summer, for he would give her a garland of flowers. So she wandered forth from Asgard on her way to Fry's bright home in Elfheim, where he lived among his happy, busy little elves. As Fry walked along, she was thinking of the feast to be given that night in Asgard, and knowing that all the gods and goddesses would be there, she wished to look her very best. On and on she wandered, not thinking how far she was getting away from home. Finally, the light began to grow fainter and fainter, and Friar found herself in a strange place. The sunlight had faded away, but there was still a little light that came from lanterns carried by funny little dwarfs who were busily working. Some were digging gold and gems, others were cleaning off the dirt from the precious stones and polishing them to make them bright, while four little fellows were seated in one corner, putting the sparkling stones together into a wonderful necklace. What can the beautiful thing be? thought Friar. If only I had that. It would surely make me look more beautiful than anyone else at the feast tonight. And the more she thought about it, the more she longed to get it. Oh, I really must have it, she said to herself. And with these words, she stepped nearer to the four little men. For what price will you sell me your necklace? she asked. The dwarfs looked up from their work. And when they saw Fry's lovely face and heard her sweet voice, said, Oh, if you will only look kindly upon us and be our friend, you may have the necklace. Then a mocking laugh echoed again and again through the dark cavern, seeming to say, How foolish you are to wish for these bright diamonds. They will not make you happy. But Friar snatched the necklace and ran out of the cavern. It did not please her to hear the teasing laugh of the dwarfs, and she wanted to get away from them as soon as possible. At last, she was once more out in the open air. She tried to be free and happy again, but a strange feeling of dread came over her, as if something were going to happen. Soon, she came to a still pool of water, and putting on the necklace, she bent over to look at her picture in the clear water. How beautiful the diamonds were, 
and how they sparkled in the sunshine. She must hasten home to show them to Olda. The fair goddess soon reached Asgard, and hurried to the palace to find her husband. But Olda was not there. Over and over again, she searched through all the rooms in vain. He had gone, and although Freya had her beautiful necklace, she cared little for it without her dear husband. Soon it was time to go to the feast, but Freya would not go without Olda. She sat down and wept bitter tears. She felt no joy now for having the necklace. And no sorrow because she could not feast with the Asher. If only Olda would come back, all would be well again. I will go to the end of the world to find him," said Freya, and she began to make ready for her journey. Her chariot, drawn by two cats, was soon ready. But before she could start, she must first ask Father Odin to allow her to go. Oh, father, I beg you, give me leave to go to look for my older in every corner of the world. The wise father replied, "Go, fair friar, and may you find whom you seek." Then she started forth. First to the Midgard world, the goddess of beauty went, but no one in all the world has seen or heard of older. Down under the earth. To Niflheim and even to Yggdrasil, the land of giants, she wandered, but still, no one has seen or even heard of her husband. Poor Freya wept many tears, and wherever the tear drops fell and sank into the ground, they turned into glistening gold. At last, the sad goddess returned to her own palace alone. She still wore the wonderful necklace, which was called Brisingamen. One night, when the hour was late, all the Asher were asleep, except the ever-watchful Heimdall, who heard soft footsteps, like those of a cat, near Freya's palace. He listened and thought, "That is surely someone bent on mischief. I must follow him." When Heimdall reached the palace, he found it was Loki, changed into another form, creeping softly about. Heimdall quickly watched him, and saw him glide into Freya's bedside, where the fair goddess lay asleep, wearing her beautiful necklace. Loki had come to steal the necklace, but when he saw that she was lying on the clasps of the chain. So that he could not undo it without waking her, he changed himself into a gnat, and crawling along on the pillow, stung her just enough to make her turn over, but not enough to wake her. Then he unclasped the chain and ran off with it as fast as he could. But Heimdall was not going to let the thief get away. As soon as Loki found that he was followed, he took his other form—a little flame of fire. Heimdall then took his other shape and became a shower of rain to put out the fire. But Loki, quick and watchful, 
changed himself into a bear to catch the rain. Then Heimdall too became a bear, and a fierce fight began. At last, the rain god conquered and forced wicked Loki to give back the necklace to Freya. The whole land seemed to feel sorry for poor lonely Freya. The leaves fell from the trees, the bright flowers faded, and the singing birds flew away. Once more, the fair goddess went forth from Asgard to seek Odin. Away, away, to the far-off sunny south she wandered, and there, where the myrtle trees and the oranges grow. At last, she found her long-lost husband. Then, hand in hand, the two turned northward again to their home, and so happy were they together that they spread joy and happiness around them as they passed along. Everywhere, the ice and snow thawed before them. Green grass and sweet flowers sprang up behind their footsteps. The birds sang their sweetest songs. The warm summer came back to the Northlands, and everyone was glad and joyful, for lovely, smiling Freya was at home again. White were the moorlands and frozen before her. Green were the moorlands and blooming behind her. Out of her gold locks, shaking the spring flowers. Out of her garments, shaking the south wind. Around in the birches. Awaking the throstles, beautiful Friar came, Kingsley. End of chapter four.